I once played a little league game down at, by the dam, down in like Lawrenceville area, and the umpire was so drunk he wet himself halfway through the game. <laughs> I had to ask him to leave. That's a new one. <laughs> umpire wet himself down by the dam. <laughs> Remember, that's a statement that only applies to this region. Remember, <laughs> remember that umpire? You, you probably had him in J. I think he did JV. He was like ninety years old. Yeah, but he if you like made if you made a mistake, he would like come over and like try to coach you in the middle of the game. Yeah. He umpired when my dad was playing little league. Did he, like that's how is he in jail for like <laughs> touching kids now. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, episode twenty-seven. He might be gone. 27. Are we, are we redoing that? Or no, we're, no, we're good. Um, okay, before we get started, if you're listening to us on Apple and Spotify, the audio version, we are on YouTube. Be sure to subscribe and like the channel. If you're on YouTube, we are on Apple and Spotify. We're also on Facebook now. So if you guys want to go check out the Facebook page, is he all right over there? This kid's going to struggle this episode. <laughs> I can already tell. Jesus. Should we switch spots or what? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's one of those days. Uh, so, yeah, foul. And, uh, we got some big things coming. So I explained to Russ before you guys got here. Website will be launching probably next Monday or Tuesday. <clears throat> so if you're into fantasy football, we will have our first tad bit of business uh, on the website is uh, football three weeks away. Yeah, I was going to say, that's coming up. It's three weeks. So if you haven't done your draft – or you're looking to make changes and trades, we have a mock draft dropping that our friend Mike, which you guys will learn about soon, will be doing. Uh, and then if you're into daily fantasy on DraftKings or FanDuel, he is your guy with the information for football. So we'll be doing uh, weekly updates, predictions, and advice for uh, daily fantasy. So more to come on that, and uh, hopefully that'll be next like week. Early next week, we'll have that. <clears throat> All right. Sweet. So before we get started, I want Adam to retell the story from the text messages last night. Was it last night? Oh, but yeah, that was last night. Go ahead. Tell the world what you did. So, oh. So yeah. I've had a couple DraftKings mishaps, games getting delayed right after start time that I can't exchange, guys. So Braves and Yankees got rained out at 7.15 last night. This is on DraftKings or FanDuel? DraftKings. Okay. It's rained out at 7.15. Game is supposed to start at 7.10, so they locked. And I had two Braves in the lineup and a Yankee. So if you're not familiar, then the lineup's locked prior to the rain delay. Therefore, you were not able to change Change your players out. out. So you had guys in there that would get zero points. (laughs) So I send – so I look in the weather app, and I'm like – because I'm looking at the – and I think I figured out now what was going on in my head. So Can't wait to hear this. So I'm obviously watching on Yes Network because that's where I have to watch it. Yep. And it's not raining. And I'm like, why did they call the damn game? So I pull up a map of the radar, zoom in on the Bronx. <coughs> something. I said, the fucking rain is 30 miles past them. He sent us a screenshot of the radar in the Bronx, by the way. Yeah, and I'm like, what? Like, why did they call the game? Something about, what, 15 minutes later, I said, holy shit, guys, they're playing in Atlanta. <laughs> oh, my God. I was going to say, what's the kicker here? <laughs> but but then I, I sent a picture of the Raider in Atlanta, and there was no rain around. But I think I figured out, you know how away teams, announcers aren't traveling. Correct. So they, had, they were in the camera in New York. So it wasn't raining in New York. 
but the announcer was sitting in New Didn't York. Try. So I was thinking, he's there. It's not raining in New York. I'm surprised the announcers can do that remotely and not have any delay or they've, anything. That yeah, they've all been doing it. It's I haven't noticed much. They might be piped into a different feed. Just one really long Ethernet cable. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, but that's why they had to keep it in the east and the it's interesting. east. Interesting. Yeah. So make sure you know where your teams are playing before you get pissed. Okay. Uh, you sent I the, still I still won money, so it was all right. <laughs> you sent the picture of the radar. I'm like, okay, yeah. I, I don't know where he's getting at, and then. I don't think you responded to the text either. <laughs> no, I was... And then we got a message. Shake my head out. Oh, shit, guys. They're playing in Atlanta. <laughs> well, that'll do it. That will do it. And there's yeah. a joke made about my last name. I said you definitely are Polish. <laughs> yes. Holy I'm not going to touch that one. You're looking at me like you're, you're waiting for it, but I got no <laughs> hot take on that one. <laughs> no. You boys ready for this weekend? Yeah. A little golf, a little cash game? I don't know. Do you want to just give me your money now? or? Ooh. <laughs> Guy buys one new driver, and all of a sudden he's got the world by the ass. He's got an 85-degree loft on it. <laughs> what do you... Still what? got nothing? I, just I mean, wait till you see it. <laughs> You're playing behind us, actually, so we yeah. will see it. You're in the group behind us. Yeah. I'm going to wear pants just so you make comments. <laughs> I don't care you wear pants. And a white belt. Do you want to keep going there, uh, Zachary? No. Okay. All right. So we'll move on to golf. Not our golf. Uh, this week, the play or this week is a second second week of playoffs. Last week was uh, first week. Yep. Um, a couple observations. I think this has a lot to do with the schedule being a lot of it being just chopped out because of, of COVID and they're playing a slim schedule. There is 32 guys playing this week that could potentially qualify for the tour championship next week that have never played at East Lake. Wow. 32 guys. That's almost half your field this week. Cause there's 70. That's what I thought. I thought I read something. There's 10 guys already in the top 30 that have never played there. Uh, yeah. So. I believe it. Yeah. So I, this is what I can contribute to, and tell me what you think. A lot of big names, and I'm going to use Dustin, even though he's making it. You got Dustin Johnson, the, the you know the Justin Thomases, even the Fowlers who didn't make it. He's not playing this week. Jordan Spieth who's struggling, but still didn't make it. A lot of these bigger name guys who revolve their schedule. I mean, Spieth kind of got hung up on it a couple years ago, where he planned his schedule on making the Tour Championship, right, and didn't play the uh, required number of events mm-hmm. and kind of worked out a deal. I'm assuming with the tour, the way they do that. So with the schedule being chopped out, we have like 32 guys that have never played East Lake who could potentially play East Lake next week in a tour championship. 32 of 70. Yep. <clears throat> so here's what I think is happening. Those guys are, they're playing in events during the wraparound season in the fall that count towards next season. And you got the bigger name guys who are just not playing until what January? Yeah, a lot of them play in a couple tournaments in Hawaii, and then maybe once in you know it at the Genesis or something like that. And then the players came. They play. They got the what three tournaments in Florida? I don't know if they played three. They probably only play like I think they were in the third four or so. five times before the Arnold Palmer and the Masters usually. Right. So yeah, they. So I think that's what's much. happening is these the way that I mean 
they didn't plan on COVID. So these guys played events, racked up points, and then there was no season. Yeah. Do you guys think it was a mistake that some of these guys didn't come out and play in these quote unquote lesser events? I mean, no, because there's no way to predict the horse shit storm that happened. We all thought it was going to be a couple of weeks or a month. I mean, I'm talking post COVID. Like I, I get that's the norm. Like like you said, they thought it was going to be a couple of weeks. But post COVID, if you want to secure your spot for to play for ten million dollars or whatever it is now, what okay. what was the average? I don't know how many. I don't know how many tournaments they've had. What seven before the playoffs? Six. It wasn't many. six or seven. I I would, and I don't know the number, but I'm guessing most of those bigger names played in four to five of those tournaments. I'm not sure. I mean, who played in Detroit? That was. I mean. Couple of bigger names, but yeah, obviously they're. I think they're still in. Yeah, but like guys, like I think about like Justin Rose, like he finished what I don't know. He finished like one eighteen or he. Was yeah, there was guys from Europe who didn't way, come over. Yeah, Fleetwood was another one that took his time took coming over here. Out, yeah, and missed missed the playoffs. He's headed back home. He said. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think you can base it all off that. It's, I mean, and you got to think about. I, I obviously the playoffs you're ten million dollars on the line, but at the same time, I think most of these guys are playing for a major. So you're telling me, you know, you got another major in three weeks, and then another one, <clears throat> what, six seven weeks after that. I'd still want that ten million dollars. Yeah, but is it? I think it's if you have one bad tournament, two bad tournaments, you're it's hard to make that up. Especially as well as those guys at the top are playing. That's what I mean. Why, why wouldn't they play more post-COVID to make sure they're into the playoffs or at least into the into this week with the top 70? There's a lot of guys in there who probably no one knows who they are yeah. because they played early and they played when there's not a lot of – there's not a big magnifying glass on the tour. But, yeah, and I guess taking – obviously $10 million is $10 million, but taking out the $10 million, like guys like Brooks that missed the play – well – uh, he could have played last, now, yeah. this week, but it's probably better for him to rest, you know, withdraw from last week's and then just wait until the U.S. Open. He he probably had to mm-hmm. win last week to get in the top 70. <clears throat> Seemed like you were sort of casting doubt there, Kyle, about Brooks' condition. I Did just you... said he was injured. I don't I don't know what his – I know he's, it, he's had knee issues. But... Yeah, the way you said it just yeah. seemed like maybe oh, you thought he was – I agree with that. You yeah. said that in a very questioning manner, like you were claiming Oh, because I said he claimed he was injured? Because I, yeah. I, I don't know. Conspiracy I just... theory you had going? Or... I mean, it is ass-eating season for Brooks. I don't know if you guys <laughs> heard that. Are in. Yeah, Georgia peaches are in. So eat that ass, Brooks. <laughs> Thank you, CPG. I just – I don't know. I'm not in their shoes, and I wish I was, but – I think I would do my best if I played in events I wouldn't normally play in, even if those events were, you know, post-COVID. Probably still would have played with them just to yeah. make sure I was. It'd be interesting to know the numbers of those. I think it was seven tournaments of how many those, the guys that missed. Because they even, like, what, Tiger, Tiger, Tiger played in three tournaments? Yeah. So he didn't play much, but he also. He won. Well, he won in Japan or. Giaxio. Yeah. So that helped him. Early on, but yeah, cause you still get FedEx Cup yeah. points. Yeah, so I mean that's that certainly helped him, and he's I don't know what he's fifty seventh, fifty eighth. They said he's so. got to finish. They're projecting he needs to finish T 
T4 or better this week to make it to next week. Right. And this is a pretty new course for most of these guys, so. Yeah, probably a lot of them played Olympia Fields. They, they said a lot of a lot of experience to the guys who played in college because, yes, they have a college tournament every the year. USAM, Brooks, or uh, Bryson won the USAM there. Yeah, and then I think there's an actual college tournament every year there that uh, probably. Morikawa and Wolf and Hovland have all played in. So, Wolf and Dish. I've everybody playing Wolf and Dishambo have won on that course. Okay. And yeah. That'll be interesting. I just I'm curious. I mean, it's a good thing. I mean, you could have some guy that the average golf fan's like, who the hell is this guy? He that's could go out and win the FedEx Cup. That's what I think. The guys like Brendan Todd's played well. Harris English is playing well right now. Yeah. There's those guys. One guy I was surprised about, I was listening to another podcast. Ryan Palmer has never made to the tour championship. He's not a he's a name. He's a journeyman for a while. Yeah. He's just I'm, a middle I'm, pack kind of yeah, guy. I'm, yeah, but I'm surprised he's never just snuck in a little bit at the end of one of those. Right. And he's sitting, I think he's sitting like 18th or 20th right now. So he's probably so in for next week. He's in right now, so as long as he's barring a terrible weekend. Stays on his feet and holds a pulse, he's in. Yeah. Sweet. No doubt here. I mean, Kepka's knee is hurt, so. I mean, I'm just, just saying. So did you guys watch much this weekend? So I did when I could. I watched more in the middle of the week, and I saw the worst 60 I've ever seen shot in my life. <laughs> yeah, that was – he was on fire. It was ridiculous. Did that, I was watching it. Did that look like a 7,400-yard golf course the way he played it? <laughs> I've never seen someone tear apart a golf course of that length and make it look like a chip and putt course. I mean, the guy hits it. He hits pest missiles, man. Yeah. I mean, he really does. But yeah, it was the worst 60. I don't want to sound like an asshole. He was really like the worst 60. The worst he could have shot out there was probably actually 58, and he ended up shooting 60. Yeah. I mean, there was 56 potential. Yeah, yeah. Scheffler goes out, and he shoots 59 early. And then DJT's off, and he's... It was like seven under through seven. He was eleven under through. Then 10. he ended up being eleven under through eleven. Yeah, or was it through eleven? Yeah. yeah. So he needed one more birdie, and he made right. He didn't. He made eight straight pars or seven straight pars. Yeah. Did you guys see Max Holmes tweet? No. After <laughs> he said, "If DJ plays that new PJ video game, he's gonna think oh, golf's yeah. way too difficult." Which, <laughs> <laughs> so by the way, the game's fun. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Someone over here is hooked. Like Phoenix. Which one? This one right oh. here. I mean, he came in scratching his neck. He's like, where's your Xbox? Then <laughs> you got to download it. It'll be on tonight. All right. We want a rematch. All right. I'm ready. Dude, you were making everything last night. Dude, lights out. At one point he said, if I make this, I do have a horseshoe shoved in my ass. Did Spoiler you? alert. It sounds like something you'd enjoy. It, it, it was up there. <laughs> I made my doctor's appointment for Monday. <laughs> uh, you were telling me that... Obviously, they've always, for the last few years, had, like, your own country clubs you can make, and you said they've got societies. Are you going to yeah. make a three-star society? I already did. Okay. So there's a three-star recruit society if you have the PJ Tour game. Perfect. You're late to the party. I Always. <laughs> <laughs> Usually, it's when Daddy's done working. <laughs> so. <laughs> Do you want to talk about your mom's text? Yeah. Let's talk oh. about your mom's text. Yeah. Let's let's just My stop for a minute. My mom's text. You the sent one that me, I sent you the screenshot? Yeah. 
Let me pull it up for reference. Hi, Taylor's mom, by the way. <laughs> I do read the comments, and I liked your comment on YouTube. <laughs> Does this count as a stat that I'm pulling up? <laughs> Hang on. Uh, Look at all these blue text messages with not many replies from Kyle. Oh, okay. <laughs> I called you yesterday. Jeez. We bonded. Uh, she says, are they calling you stat boy or fact boy? It's stat boy, but they should call me stat man. Uh, do they check comments on the videos? Because apparently she's a big fan. Did mm. no? Let's hear it. <laughs> Did you get action over the weekend? How many of you have ever received that text from your mother? Can't say. Well, it. she also no. she definitely listens the whole way through because she says, as they were leaving the podcast, I heard them say, "Good thing he moved out." <laughs> And then she, apparently she's got like a photographic memory or something. Did you ever tell Kyle I saw him when he was a baby? <laughs> Not usually a follow-up text you'd get after. I hope I had pants action, on. But. I've always had this wonder in life. At one point, I thought I, thought I was going to do stand-up comedy. It didn't really pan out. But my story was going to be, or my theme was, the title of my comedy tour was going to be The Mysteries of Life. One of them was, why is there always one sneaker alongside the road? You ever notice that? Like, there's not just two shoes. There's always, like, a shoe missing. Like, what were you doing that you lost a shoe? Like, were you running from somebody? Like, okay, so that's my first one. Second one is, when you're a baby and you run around naked, it's really cute. Everyone thinks it's funny. At what age is it no longer cute? And at what age can you start doing it again? They're like, oh, he's just old. <laughs> 19. Oh, but, <laughs> but that's as far as my comedy skit got, so I don't have any more mysteries of life yet. Oh, All right, boy. let's get back to sports. <laughs> so did any of your guys from our bet make it? I knew your top outside the 70 make it? Oh, uh, no, I was going to say Dustin Johnson won. <laughs> well, that was ridiculous. I'm, I'm all in still. Your guy was outside? Yeah. Who'd you have? Norrin. He made it. Yeah, he's oh, he made it like fifty ninth or something. Yeah. Harold Varner still in? I don't know. He I had Fowler. He just I think he actually yeah. trunk slammed and went home. I'd Fleetwood. Yeah. He's out. Yeah. So yeah, I've got all three. But obviously, who was your? I forget who your top thirty guy was. I was trying to think. My top thirty is Rory. Rory, and then uh, did you have kids? No, I have oh. Billy Horschel. Yeah, that's gonna pan out well. I think. Hope so. So yeah, I've got all three alive, but obviously. Having a win is huge. So one of the guys who missed this week is Phil. And Phil did something he said he wasn't going to do. And he played the Champions Tour, which he won today, which I was trying to figure out why they were playing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Are they playing again this weekend? Yeah, Champions Tour? Let me pull it up. Stat boy. I think that, yeah, they've been playing weird schedules just because they really play three-day tournaments. Yeah. So. So they played Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Because their major, the, I don't know what it was, the Bridgestone major, whatever they played last week, ended on, like, Thursday. That is the weirdest guy. So then they had, like, a three-day break until they played in this Ozark tournament. Okay. They don't play again until September 11th for the Sanford International Mini Haha Country Club in Sioux Falls. Oh. Did you say Mini Haha? Oh, yeah. Mini Haha, yes. Dude, the Mini Haha Falls in, in uh, Minneapolis, but that's in... This South is in Dakota, South Dakota. But How did you? Oh, I said Sioux Falls. Never mind. Yeah. Is that like I got you? Savant. Like that's the one thing you're really great at. So, uh, I mean, Phil. Look, I mean, if you're Phil, 
Said he wasn't going to do this, but did you start doing it more often if you're Phil? Playing out there? Yeah, why not? How much did he make? Let me look that 450. up. 450. Oh, that's it? He would have had to finish top four this week to make that much. This week? Yeah. And he just went out for three days and <clears throat> got 22 under. How much did he win by? You got this over there? Four, I believe. I think that's right, but I'll four or five to be sure. So would you do it more if you're Phil? He won by five. I don't I don't know. If I have the choice, I'm still playing on the PGA Tour. Right. I don't, I don't think Phil gives a shit about money at this point in his oh, life. I doubt it. Yeah. So it's not a money issue. Do you think it's more of like a fun factor? Like, no, I think it's he a did little it. shorter. I, I don't know what how long the course played, but I looked up Ozark National Course, and it was the back tees are just over seven thousand yards. So I, he said, and when, it makes sense. He did make it to this week, so then he's not going to play Tour Championship. And then is the week after that U.S. Open or two weeks? Two. It's like the eighteenth of September, so he's got two weeks probably. So he said he's playing well. He felt like he was playing well, and he's been working on some stuff. So he didn't. He just he wanted to stay active. So the opportunity was there, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go do it." Right. So yeah. I think that's why he did. He just he's getting ready for the U.S. Open. Yeah. That's what he's getting ready for. Yeah. That makes sense to me. I don't think his mindset is, "Oh, I want to go out and dominate the Champions Tour, and win some money." I think his Don't mindset is, uh, "Just stay active, and this is a, an opportunity for me to do yeah. that." That's, I think they play the Charles Schwab Cup, and it's all based off how much you earned in the year. I think Longer is winning it right now, and he's only made like nine hundred thousand. So Phil's like halfway <laughs> to first after one week. I saw, isn't there like a bonus for that, like order I, finish? I assume so. Yeah, there's like a bonus. It's like. It's like the FedEx Cup. Like. Yeah. So if he went out and like played another tournament and you know between the U.S. Open and the Masters and won again, he could you know he could be right near the top. I saw a stat that was uh, hmm. I believe it was twenty two times that people make their PGA Champions Tour debut. They've won because they're the youngest person. It's like mm-hmm. you're going to the old folks' home Fe- and twice this year, right now because Furyk did it. Yes, exactly. Going to the so old folks' home. <laughs> well, <laughs> you get where I'm. He's, he will tell you that he's still hitting bombs. So if he's playing out there with guys that are hitting it, who's 60. He is. He played with. Uh, no one has got calves like him. So Right. He played with somebody in the practice round. They interviewed him. And they said, he was out driving me by 60 yards. And, and uh, Right. It's better for him. He's right. He's riding in a cart. Do they ride or just the caddies drive? I thought they rode. I know the caddies are definitely in carts. I just assume they rode with them. I don't. Maybe I, they don't. I'm not sure how it works. Maybe it depends on the course. But I, I thought some of the rules were they had to walk. Caddies could ride. Oh. I don't know. I don't even think you so, could look that up, Stab. Yeah, so his yeah, his brother his brother rode. So yeah, I mean it's nicer for the caddy. That's cool. It sounds like he just went out and played like a three day pro am and had a good time. Took home 450k. Yeah, on his, way, like on his way back to San Diego. Yeah. Be curious to see what the ratings are for the Champions Tour now that they've got a big name. Had to I go mean, up. It had, I mean, that was the story on what Saturday when he missed the cut, or yeah, Saturday or Sunday he he talked about it. I'm so. going to play a Champions Tour. Yeah, I know that I watched this week because of Phil. Yeah. Right. Just see how he was doing. Like tuned in a couple times. <clears throat> yeah, and that where they played at that Ozark National is part of a big one. And I sent you guys actually a screenshot. Um, Tiger opening a public course 
Yeah. It's all part of that same resort. It's part of the that Ozark? Yeah. It's called Payne, yeah, what, Payne National, Payne Valley. Yeah. After Payne Stewart. Did you see CPG's tweet today? No, I did not. Did you see it? Mm-hmm. There was like a picture of the Ozark National and like in the background there was hills and you had a red arrow and I said, my my vacation home in Branson's right just over this hill. That's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't see it? No, I did not. He's got a uh, timeshare in Branson. Yeah. <laughs> so he gets one of his days off during the year. Two weekends a year, baby. Yeah. <laughs> so give us the details. This is new. New breaking news per yeah. Adam Sources. Tiger and Justin Thomas are going to take on Rory and Justin Rose in a Ryder Cup-style 18-hole match at Tiger's new public course, which is opening. He's opening with this match September 22nd. So It's televised? Two, yeah, on NBC from 3 to 7 or something, on Golf Channel. 3 what to 7. disappointing fourth. So I, Rory? Justin Rose. <laughs> no, time out. But, well, I, but it's remember, it's U.S.-Europe. So I didn't know. I didn't know it was Ryder Cup style. This is that makes more sense now because yeah. when I got your text, I'm like, "Why Justin Rose?" So it's 18 holes. Let me hear. I got, I the, got the Rory part. I got the Justin Thomas part. But I'm like, uh, "Why Justin so, Rose?" So the course is called Payne's Valley. It's named after Payne Stewart, Stewart, who's from Ozark. Um, let me see if I can find this. Side here. note: While he's looking it up, the show Ozark's great. By the way, I was going to say, is his family a great. bunch of money launderers? <laughs> Did you ever watch that? No. Great show oh, to watch. Yeah. Uh, so it will be elements from the Ryder Cup and President's Cup using four ball, foursomes, and single formats in an eighteen hole match. So I'm assuming they're going to do three six. sixes. Yeah. Hmm. So it's pretty cool. I'm looking forward to that. <clears throat> It'd be just something different to watch. That's cool. Tiger designed this course. Correct. His first. Pu- it's the first public course that he designed. Okay. Sweet. You guys, want to go to the Ozarks? Let's go. Road trip. Sweet. Well, I got nothing else for golf. So. I got one more thing. Oh, you do? Did you do. see Jason Day let go of his swing coach, Colin Swatton? Did you see who his no, new swing coach is? New swing coach in quotes there. Is it Sean, what's his no, face? Foley. Foley, yeah. It is Tiger Woods. He said he is leaning on Tiger Woods heavily because of Tiger's back issues and his back issues. He's hoping that will help him. So he's relying heavily on Tiger to help him with his swing. I mean, that makes sense. Over the next, you know, few months. What a different person Tiger Woods has become in the last two yeah. years. Exactly. Yeah. That, would, yeah. that circle that he had before would have never been entered into like this. I right. mean, Hank Haney's book talked all about that. But if you're not on the island, you don't exist to him. And that island had, like, what, three people on it? I think usually it was about eight. <clears throat> and then 14 hookers? <laughs> Perkins, waitresses, probably okay. a Waffle House here and there. Probably a Waffle House here and there. <laughs> yeah, that's... He, I, it's definitely. And I think his realization of that was when he was hurt out. He started to miss the game, and he actually said at one point he never, he didn't he didn't know if he'd actually ever play golf again. It was that bad. He couldn't get up off the couch. He, he was like, I couldn't pick up my kids. Just the little things. And I think his way of staying in touch with the game was he probably stayed in touch with the to Justin Thomas's, the Jason Days. I know him and Jason Day. Day was hot at that point. Like, yeah, they yeah. were. Uh, he he. He was pretty open that Tiger was mentoring him. And then big, big step, like you're saying, was Tiger's not playing, and he, I think he called Davis Love that year of the President or the, was it the President's Cup or Ryder Cup? Presidents, I believe, yeah. And he that was said the squirrel year, right? I want to yeah. around of them. And he said, I want I want to be there. I'll do whatever I want to do. 
And that's actually when I believe him and Phil got to be a lot closer. You said him and Phil talked like every day on the phone. So it's really refreshing. It's like they always say, don't meet your heroes. But I feel like this is kind of us finally, after 20 years of him being yeah. such a mysterious figure, we're getting to really meet our hero a little bit. When he's in a press conference, he's actually smiling and kind of jubilant yeah. or whatever. I mean, we literally found out everything. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. And so did his wife. Peeled back all the layers. Apparently, she has a really good swing with a nine iron. <laughs> we didn't mention this. It's one quick golf thing about Kisner's quote that I'm sure it's been circulated around. Great quote. But he says, when Dustin Johnson's on, I just step to the side and try to add on to my bank account. Mm-hmm. And he did really well with that, about $400,000. Yeah, meaning I just play for second. Yeah. And, and they grew up cl- together. They played like, I'll say together. But Carolina. Stuff. Yeah, they played a ton of tournaments growing up together. So Yeah. Sweet. I think Kisner's always talked about he's like beat him one time. And he like to win it, he like hit one off a tree, then hit one off another tree, and then like hit a line drive and it hit the stick and went in for birdie to win it or something. So I love Kiz. I really do. The re- the reality of it is though, I think it'd be really tough for him to win a major just because of length. Yeah. I think his best bet would be either Augusta or a US Open. What's it what's his driving distance? I, I I'm curious because, yeah, we say his length, but he probably still hits it like, I'm guessing his average might be like 304, 305. You guys want to throw a guess out there? I'm going to say. Short for tour. <laughs> What's your idea of what short on the tour is? These I days? think his average is probably right around 275. I was thinking that, too. No. 292. But he's one of the best putters on tour. Yeah. yeah. Which is why he has a chance in majors. This is riveting. I can't. And sorry. <laughs> well, he's looking this up. Stat boy's a little stat guy. Stat guy. He's a little slow. Stat man. Stat, stat man. man. Sorry. <laughs> Comes to three podcasts and he starts making demands. Uh, more impressive with DJ. Five eagles last week and three bogeys. That's pretty damn impressive. Three bogeys all week? All week. That's really impressive. Three bogeys and five eagles. So how many rounds did he have with no bogeys? Um, I don't know. He I'm, didn't bogey during the 60. So did he just have like one a day or? Maybe. No, he probably had, he probably. might have had two or three the first day. Cause he only shot four under. So he's probably. Right. He shot 64, 63 to finish out the weekend. Yeah. It's rock solid, man. <clears throat> the best I can find is that I've got a couple uh, events pulled up and he's right around 288 usually for his average. And in those same events, you've got Champ, Shambo. Uh, Rory McIlroy, they're all at 320-ish. So, I mean, he's 30 yards short. It's a big gap. Don't you yeah. think that he'd play well in a British Open where they're hitting a lot of punchy three irons with 70 yards of rollout? I mean, if he's the best putter or one of the best putters on tour. Yeah. Comes, you don't see that's one a of lot of Dustin Johnson's really taking over those. It's events. tough. I think the toughest with him would be a PGA because that's like a mixture of just like that's that's him. And he put what? T three, at the PGA. Yeah, he's been playing well right now. So yeah, I hope. I mean, it'd be sweet if you want to make it. It'd be great for golf. I mean, great for Dewey, man, and those calves. <laughs> Dewey might have the best, better calves than Phil. Just throwing that out there. close, close. All right, let's move on to uh, to hockey. I have to admit, I've been slacking. I have not been watching hockey. Just been. I don't know. I was busy last weekend and just disappointed. 
I'm disappointed in myself. But Russ, could you just break it down for us and what's going on in hockey right now? Anything we need to know? Um, yeah, so they're in the conference semifinals right now. So there's eight teams in each conference remaining. Um, nothing too crazy to talk about yet as far as those series goes. They're just getting started. So, like, we're watching Boston, Tampa. They're in game three, tied 1-1. There's nobody with a threat of elimination anytime soon. So, um, But there's been some off-the-ice news, a few items. Um, we've talked about Toronto, the Maple Leafs, a little bit. You threw out one of your theoretical questions yeah. five or six episodes ago about the overrated teams that never get it done. I mentioned Toronto. So Toronto got eliminated, even though they've got one of the best offenses in the league. They got eliminated uh, the qualifying round. So they weren't yeah. technically even in this playoff. So <clears throat> they've already started to unload. So they traded Kasperi Kapanen. Yeah. So they've got a cap issue. Yeah. Salary cap issue. Yeah. So they traded Kasperi Kapanen, a couple other pieces to Pittsburgh for a first-rounder and a few other pieces, which to me is a huge overpayment for Kasperi Kapanen, a first-rounder. And I believe he played with Tavares all year, or most of the year. So I don't know that. But afterwards, Pittsburgh's GM, Jim Rutherford is Pittsburgh's GM, and he's been noted for making some awkward comments about wanting to make sure trades are fair for both teams yeah, rather than just looking out for his own. Like in the past he's made these comments? Yeah. Yeah. If to, it's not fair, why would they take the trade? Right. It takes two parties to agree to it. Right. If the other team's comfortable with it, then you got to go it's, with it. It's, it's not like when you put it on Madden when you were a kid in like Madden 97. Yeah. You're like, like all trades go through. <laughs> yeah, that setting was an easy yes. So let me ask you this. Um, so wait, who did they get traded for or to? To Pittsburgh? Yeah. Cabinet went from Toronto to Pittsburgh. Okay. So this is so basically Toronto was unloading some salary cap room, getting a draft pick in return. The other guys weren't significant enough to take up a bunch of the cap. So yeah. yeah. Toronto traded a player to Pittsburgh for a first rounder, basically. Do trades have to be approved by the league like in other leagues? Like the commissioner or whatever it is? Um I- I think that have to be approved, NFL? but it's not a it's not like, oh, this is a fair trade or not. Right. I, I think they have to be approved more from like a salary cap standpoint. Right. They have to make sure the finances of everything work Administration out. Administration. But works. they're not monitoring was this player worth Right. They're not trying to yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine they're like, Nope, sorry. <laughs> yeah. You gotta take him back. No. Yeah. Captain was actually originally a Pittsburgh draft pick. He went to Toronto in the Phil Kessel deal. Okay. Never and played for Pittsburgh, but now he's returning there. Braves just swept the Yankees. Well, I so, guess yeah. it makes it even for when the Yankees even, swept them. Even for the season series. Where did they play, though? In Atlanta. Okay. Yeah, I think in the AT- ATL. Hot Atlanta. How's the weather there? It was good today. <laughs> it was nice. My goodness. I'm going to offend some people with this one. I flew through Atlanta one time. Just walked through the airport. It smelled like shit. <laughs> Place just smelled awful. Carry on with your hockey. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, one other not so exciting news point, but that, this came out just a few hours ago. The NHL has penalized the Arizona Coyotes 
Um, basically, they're calling it a draft sanction. So every year before the draft, uh, the NHL holds a combine similar to the, how the NFL does it. Yep. Apparently, the Coyotes had brought some players. In. I don't even know what draft it was, if it was the most recent or whatever, but Coyotes apparently brought some players in prior to this combine and did their own workouts, which I guess is illegal. <laughs> so after some sort of investigation, the NHL has penalized them. Um, a second-round pick in this year's draft and a first-round pick in next year's draft. Wow. The Coyotes already traded this year's first to get Taylor Hall early so, in the year. So would they've, I wonder if it would have been two firsts. If it, you know, if it if they hadn't traded away right. their pick, or it would have just been this year's first. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But either way, so the Coyotes traded their first. They just got penalized a second, and they don't have a third for some reason. So they don't even have a draft pick until the fourth round this year, <laughs> and then they get penalized next year's first. <laughs> Not much re- research to do for the scouts. Yeah, highest available. Yeah. Let's yeah. go. Just, just cut everybody like Buffalo. <laughs> That's right. Goodness. So that was interesting. The other. Talking point. I sent you a picture a couple days yes. ago. I asked if you'd seen this. And uh I'll show Taylor. So the backstory here out in Vegas, the Vegas Golden Knights, uh their goaltender, Marc Andre Fleury, he was he was a longtime Pittsburgh Penguin. He kinda Penguins had a young up and coming goaltender, uh, Matt Murray, when he was in Pittsburgh. So I'll explain that in just a second. Taylor. Taylor's looking at the photo right now. So out in Pittsburgh, you had this situation where Fleury was their longtime goaltender. And Matt Murray came up, kind of outplayed him, and during a playoff run took over as the starter. So Fleury ended up being the backup in Pittsburgh during their last cup run. Yep. Even though Fleury had already won, I believe, two cups with them. So then the Vegas Golden Knights came into the league. Marc-Andre Fleury... I don't know if they had to talk him into it, but he was somewhat reluctant. He ended up getting rid of his no-movement clause so that he could be in the expansion draft for Vegas. So Vegas took him first in the expansion draft a couple years ago. So he's kind of been the face of this new Vegas Vegas, franchise. Yeah. So we fast-forward to would have been February of this this year, February 2020. The Golden Knights got Robin Leonard from – Chicago, Chicago in a trade. Then you have all this COVID crap and then restart in this playoff scenario. And basically, Robin Leonard, I guess you can make the argument he's outplayed Flurry and has essentially become Vegas's starting goalie throughout this playoff run. So Flurry's <laughs> on the bench again. I believe Flurry signed an extension Within a year or so ago. He's got, yeah, I, I believe, say, three more years after this. I thought it was just, prior, deal. just prior to this year. So after this season, I think he's got three more years on his deal at like $5 million or something. So it's not like he's a upcoming free agent. Right. So then just a couple days ago, so the backstory there, Taylor, that picture was sent out by Marc-Andre Fleury's agent. That's what really gets me is yeah. he not making his living off from his players that he's representing. Right. Right. So are you just asking to lose your biggest account? Like it doesn't make that's some like Michael Scott stuff going on there. So we haven't shown that picture, but somebody it almost looks like an artist rendering, like somebody painted it. So it's a picture of Flurry making a save and there's a huge sword being stabbed through his back. And on the blade of the sword it says DeBoer, which is Peter DeBoer is the 
Vegas' head coach. So basically, Fleury's agent tweets out this picture claiming that Pete DeBoer <coughs> is stabbing Marc-Andre Fleury in the back. I, I don't – I can't for the life of me think of why a player and or a player's agent would send this picture out in the middle of a playoff run. But yeah, I don't understand. I don't understand. As an agent, like, I feel like that's not – as you want your, you just got a twenty million dollar deal over four years for your right. your goaltender. So ten percent so, of that, or something like that, is going right. to you. I, yeah. And I don't know how you send that out and think it's this is going to be good. Yeah. I wonder if he told him before he did it. So that that's kind of a question, and people have he was obviously Mark Andre Fleury was asked about this um, a couple di- the day after or whatever they had their post game interview they had flurry go there of course all these interviews are modified with them going to like a room and a table yeah. and he was asked about it and he kind of <laughs> dodged the question he didn't directly a- answer whether or not he gave him permission or whether he knew he was sending that photo out he didn't answer yes or no so he didn't exactly help himself or help the situation no. the way he answered the, the best thing he could have so. said was no, I didn't. I right. didn't know about yeah, that. Yeah, I didn't know, yeah. and I've asked him to take it down. Play the naive Something. and say I'll right. dress as my agent. So I just don't get it with, like you say, if he if he was an upcoming free agent and was playing for a contract, <laughs> then it would, yeah, it would still be stupid, but it would at least make sense. But this guy signed for three more years. I mean, now, not, you, I, now you got to put money. The flurry won't be there next year. And, mm-hmm. and Leonard's a free. But agent. But I don't think Leonard so, will either, because yeah, so Leonard is a free agent. I got Subban right if he's. No, Subban's in Chicago. Oh, oh yeah, so he, he went to Chicago. So Leonard's a free agent, but he he will be signed for a lot more money than Fleury's making. Yeah, I got I don't know how long he'll get, but I'm guessing he's going to get somewhere in the seven to nine million dollar range. So I don't even know. I don't think Vegas can afford Leonard, especially if he I mean, if he takes him to the cup. It's just that yeah. you know that's an extra million or two a year. Yeah, and now you've got this awkward situation where do you keep him or I don't know. It's a, a very bizarre situation dumb yes extremely dumb in a business sense for the agent i mean and to put DeBoer's name on that because when i first saw i didn't even notice the name on the sword but a sword they're the golden knight so like obviously you know that plays into it as well Mm. besides just like a stabbing in the back but like to put the coach's name on it yeah it's just that much more mind-boggling when i you sent me this picture and you told me it was his agent the first thing that came to mind was just agents in general. And the first story that I can think of was, do you guys remember when A-Rod was still playing for the Yankees? They got eliminated one year from the playoffs. And it was literally during the World Series. And his agent made a statement and said, he's not, he wants out of New York or something. Something yeah. to that effect. And he's not going back to New York. Yeah. And A-Rod did the most business savvy, smart thing he could have ever done. He came out, what, the next day or two days later and said, that's not true. I want to be in New York. And he fired his agent. It was Scott Boris. Yeah, it was Boris. Yeah. And he fired his agent, like one of the biggest agents in baseball. And he just said, you're out of your pal. Yeah. And that was one of the smartest things A-Rod could have done for his career. Yeah. So which begs the question. I think we've talked about this before, probably not on this podcast, but if you're a professional athlete, do you hire an agent? We have talked about this. On the podcast. Have we? Yeah. yeah. One of the I, first few episodes we did. Me, no, I don't have an agent. I feel like I'm smart enough to do my own negotiating, know relatively what my value is as far as right. the open market. Um, I'm going to have 
a lawyer or a second lawyer to review, hey, I negotiated this contract. Please read this and make sure there's nothing weird in it. And the endorsements and contracts and agreements, yeah. Yeah. I I feel like unless unless you're maybe an absolute superstar and you're not only playing but you're sponsored by 10 different brands and shooting commercials and there's all sorts of side shit like that, then maybe you need somebody to help keep track of that. A manager. Yeah. Yeah. But if I'm just a player and all I'm doing is once every five years negotiating a contract and maybe I've got one or two sponsorships on the side, I feel like I'm smart enough to take care of that myself. And I don't think it's worth the whatever they make. Five to fifteen percent, given my money up, just to have somebody else do my negotiating. Right, on my behalf. So, yeah, and there's no way yeah, I'd hire an agent. So, and no I, agent. Yeah. Yes, to a lawyer to help review stuff. Yeah, and I agree with that. And even a, it's not even the same scenario. But Tiger, I was his agent is a very good friend of his. I've said the different thing because you're not negotiating a contract with the PJ yeah. Tour to play or anything like that. But if if you know if I have a good friend that. <laughs> You you know you can rely on, and I assume these, especially the big names. Flurry, and it should be noted, Flurry's agent is a family friend who's known Mark Andre Flurry since he was like fourteen or fifteen. <laughs> well, that makes it more awkward. <laughs> yes, yeah, that yeah. makes it worse. You know, if you have a good friend that you know you trust, and because especially when you're at that level, you've got to have every person around you has got to be. Yeah, you have to have a hundred and fifty percent trust in them. Yeah, it's just how it is. But we've seen that backfire. I mean. Not sports, but like you remember Dane Cook, the stand-up comedian. His brother was his mm-hmm. accountant, oh, financial yeah. advisor. Took all of his money, yeah. all yeah. of it, yeah. put him so, in jail. That was yeah. pretty public scenario with uh, Eric Johnson, place for the right. Avalanche right now. Yep. A few years ago, he had a friend that was his financial analyst, and the guy somehow took like twenty million of Johnson's money oh without telling him, and tried to invest it somewhere, and it didn't go well, and he lost it all. So Eric Johnson, who had made, I don't know, like $30 million in his career, all of a sudden had like 20 of it disappear because his agent made some stupid moves without telling him. Or, excuse me, his fi- uh, personal finance guy. That's nuts. Yeah. I don't I just, know. No agent. I also have access to my own bank account. Yeah, I was going to say, I, <laughs> I know they're dealing with sums of money that are much greater than we're used to, but you should be smart enough to be able to log into your own bank accounts and keep track of that kind yeah. of stuff. not find out years later, like... Oh wait! Someone took all my money. Right. And right. yeah, and like you said, if you know it's, and you think like I think about Boris, he's got shitloads of money, but he's negotiating, and he's only taking on big clients. Yeah. I, I'm guessing he doesn't have very little guys. He's and, like the Don and King. for the and for the smaller guys, he's probably got you know a team of twenty under him that are taking care of those people. So he's yeah. only worrying about you know A Rod and Harper yeah. and whoever guys those guys that he had. Yeah. But you're negotiating those contracts, especially now. You're negotiating contracts once every seven, eight years. Yeah, you know, contracts it's, now, yeah. yeah. So it's... I mean, you get Scott Boris, and then there was that Drew Rosenhaus who did a lot of the football, football. contracts. T.O., remember yeah. that? Yeah. T.O. doing sit-ups yeah. in his driveway. I mean, those guys, they're two of the biggest agents in sports. I mean, the fact that we know who these guys are, even though they're just agents, right. shows how big they are. But they have horrible reputations. Right. There's I, I can't name a sports agent that's like got a great reputation. Yeah, they've all done something really stupid. And, yeah, yeah, and this might be wrong, but I think it was a, I think it was Boris. I think there was a baseball GM. He had a big free agent coming coming up, 
at the end of the year, and he said, I'm not negotiating with him because he he's like, I don't want to deal with Boris. No. So he just wasn't going to deal with him. That doesn't shock me, though. No, not at all. I mean, yeah. you, you got fired by, like, one of the biggest names in baseball at the time. Right. Yeah. That yep. says a lot about the guy. I mean. And you can also look at the reverse. If you are a general manager of a team, I know you can't go down to the locker room and, like, talk to these guys all the time like a coach does, but wouldn't you think you check in with these players? Hey, I know this guy's going to be a free agent this up this coming off season. I'm going to go go out to dinner with him once every two weeks or something and just kind of keep up with how he's feeling, if he thinks he's going to resign here, how things are going. It doesn't have to be a full-blown negotiation, but. It is right. like a sales pitch almost, though. Yeah. It's like you're trying to get him to re-enlist right. or something. Rather than staying completely in the dark and then hoping you have a good conversation with an agent at the end of the year. Like, I don't know. I'd rather yeah, it's yeah. talk Still to the business at the end of the day. And, so. and I don't have any. Yeah. I can't think of any names off the top of my head. And maybe as I talk about it, you guys will. I feel like there's been some scenarios where some. I wouldn't say top free agents, but some bigger names have went to free agency because their agents are like, yep. You know, they said, hey, I want to be in this place. They don't resign because their agent's like, nope, we're going to free agency. And then they don't get signed until, you know, a few weeks before the season starts. And then they're making five to ten million less a year because right. of it. You yeah. mean like, I'm going to sit out, Le'Veon Bell, make take less money the next year? There we go. Okay. Goal! Sorry. Again, Adam has no future as a soccer announcer or any announcer at all. 4-1 Tampa Bay. Yes. So there is some good news in football, by the way. There will be fans in the stands. They'll be limited, but we do have fans in the stands. Just so you guys know. Some stadiums, right? Some stadiums. It's a percentage. Um, I know the Dolphins Dolphins were the first 13,000. Well, Dallas was actually the first one. Dallas didn't say how many. They just said. That'd yeah, be, we're having fans. Won't that be more fans than usual for the Dolphins? Yeah, they can't. I so, mean, it, the first the first home game is against the Bills. It'll be like twelve thousand nine hundred Bills fans. Someone said. <laughs> someone said the Dolphins are going to have allow thirteen thousand fans, and the next tweet said, "How many of those will be Bills fans?" And the next tweet said eight thousand. <laughs> I mean, every year, even yeah, they they might get thirty in there a year, or a game, and it feels like there's you know fifteen thousand Bills fans. So. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure everybody in New York would love a nice trip to Florida yeah. in a few weeks. So, Sure. So, yeah, that's all the NFL news I think I have. You see baseball is considering bubble hub cities, kind of like the NHL is doing for the postseason. I like it. They said, yeah, it's not a bad idea. Yeah, they said, talked about sending uh, one of the leagues to so- somewhere in Southern California and then sending the other one to Texas to the new – uh, Costco Stadium for the Rangers play, and then having the World Series at in Costco Texas. Game yeah, did they have giant slices of pizza for a dollar there? <laughs> Churro for ninety nine. Have cents? you seen that stadium? No, but they I'm they, op- they opened a. It's not literally Costco. Forty foot ceiling. It's not a Costco <laughs> stadium. It, but the joke was, it looked like a Google the Rangers they stadium. O- they opened a new ballpark this year that they put a ton of money into, and then it, it just looks like a Costco. Looks like an aluminum warehouse from the outside. <laughs> it's, yeah, but, I mean, yeah, obviously LA is a good spot. You get, you got at least two major league stadiums there. Yeah, I mean, um, LA, San Diego. I mean, it, yeah. Oh yeah, you got yeah. So you got three there. It's probably easier to put less teams in a bubble. I mean, that's mm-hmm. all these teams have. All the leagues have gone to bubbles. Especially you're only going to eight teams, have full league right? play. So yeah. and the only problem is, you know, baseball. You know, you can have a two and a half hour game or a four hour game. 
Or just make them these seven inning games in the playoffs. <laughs> like we're playing seven innings. Yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> Did you find it? Yeah, it's called uh, Globe Life Field. I yeah. mean, yep. It looks like you would put it. Like, it's the wrong. It, look, shape it looks for like a you would put a globe stadium. on top of it. <laughs> so if you, it's if a you compare, so the thing is, they had this huge, they had this really nice artist rendering of what this stadium was supposed to be. Took all this tax dollars, and it was supposed to have like a nice park. Wait, the area. tax dollars. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Ar- Arlington paid for it. Yeah, most. Most like cities, most professional stadiums yes. are at least paid for know that. half of it by city like, tax dollars. Yeah, yeah. We went through a breakdown one time of like what the how Vegas is paying for theirs, but yeah, yeah. But anyways, and then the outcome was it looks like a Costco and a, a I'm on the parking lot. other side of the fence. I don't think it looks bad. Uh, I, I get the comparison, but it it doesn't look bad. Which picture you got there? It's it's a one. It's an overhead with the roof oh, well, open. Well, I mean, if you if you close the roof, it just looks like a big warehouse. So it's I mean it's different, right? It's very nice inside. I, I guess the thing is they had this really nice proposal, took all the city tax dollars, and then the the outcome did not look like the, the proposal. Bait and switch, huh? Yeah, yeah, they yes. took all the the money and. Um, I mean the bubble, hub cities, whatever you want to call them, for the NHL, it's working. Yeah. Um. They still have had zero positive COVID tests. They have, I know in Toronto, they have this complex around the arena. There's a couple hotels. Um, I was listening to uh, Kevin Hayes' interview on Spit and Chicklets the other day because he's still there. Right. Obviously playing for Philly. They said the one main hotel, it's right by the arena. And then there's another hotel. So the highest seeds were in the close hotel. And then as some of them got eliminated, like Pittsburgh got eliminated, they're moving the highest the remaining seed to that. So <laughs> eventually all the teams will be in that closest <laughs> yeah, hotel. Yeah, upgraded to a nice hotel. Has but anybody gotten caught sneaking people in? No, not that I know not of. Not in the hockey no, not in hockey. Okay. That's just NBA. Yeah. But they have these. <laughs> yeah, forgot about that. <laughs> they have this complex around it where they can go out and work out and do whatever, but yeah, they actually have like a, a black fence. I'm, I'm Picturing like a chain link fence with like the black tarps on it, so you can't like see in or out, and they they literally can't leave this area. Yeah, I I think and, I saw so they're in the Toronto's Toronto FC's soccer stadium. Mm-hmm. That's where they can go out. They've got like cornhole set up and you know everything for them. I forget who posted it. Might Russ and I've had a lot of conversation about Tyler Sagan lately, but Sagan might have posted something. He's like, this is the first time I've been out of the hotel. Yeah. Because they've, you know, they've played, then they have one day off, they play again. Yeah. So their series ended, and they had, like, a day off. It was their day. So, they, yeah. so he went to the stadium. He's like, this is the first time I've been outside. And they just go, and you know, they got games and stuff set up for them and just stuff to do yeah. and hang out. It sounds like a good time, I'll be honest. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's weird. Uh, they're, obviously, they're away from their families and whatnot, but from the – Sports side of it, the business side of it, it's it's working. Yeah, they're not having any testing issues. They're getting their games in. It is working. What was the I, number I heard the other day? Um, are you talking ratings? No, it was oh, the number of I'm, tests. It was something oh, yeah. outrageous. It was like twenty five thousand, whatever it yeah, was. I think they're. I think all the players in there have to be tested. It's it. If it's not daily, it's every other day. So I think yeah. it's – I think last I heard it was approaching 30,000 tests, and they've had zero positive yeah. cases. Unless you send it to a lab in New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd like to know what the ratings – I'm sure that something's been released early on, but I'd like to know what the ratings have been. 
I've tried watching a little bit of basketball. Their bubble restart. I absolutely cannot get into it. I've watched some baseball. I've kind of petered off. I haven't watched much of it over the last couple of weeks. But to me, the hockey is still like extremely competitive, extremely fun to watch. Yeah. It's it's the way they're doing it is working. Every night I've had either baseball or hockey on the iPad and then the other one on TV. I mean, last night we were playing PGA Tour, and I had I was standing like five feet from the TV playing, and I had the hockey game on the iPad sitting there. You stand when you play? All the time. You psychopath. So it's because he still has like I, a 20-inch TV. No. It's like well, – He was probably actually like – a little double that. He was, he was probably actually, actually kneeling down last night <laughs> reading putts. I was, I, was, <laughs> I was laying down on the ground. Yeah. Give it to Vijegas. I, I, I wouldn't get up if I did that. I think baseball should go to pod or the, the bubble or the pods, whatever they want to do. Yeah, as long as they can find the right area to do them in. I think it's easier with fewer teams. You don't have to house as many people. Yes. You don't have to, yeah. Yeah, I'm car- obviously LA is a good spot because you got at least three major league stadiums. That's big. But is there any other place like that? I don't know. If- See, the, to me, those stadiums aren't close enough to call them. Like a hub city, you'd still be doing enough traveling. Yeah, but. well, at least at least you got two stadiums in L.A., which is a big help. Obviously, you still got to travel yeah, there. One, but, one in L.A. and one in Anaheim. I yeah, think but it's, they're 30 miles apart. Right, I think they're 30 miles apart, but that's still better than nothing. But Do we have a geography question for Stat Boy? Yeah, can you? Well, I was going to say. L.A. to Anaheim, please. Uh, yeah, okay, I will real quick. But <laughs> I was going to say, uh, <laughs> wouldn't Florida be the obvious answer? Because they already do spring training. They've got all the teams that's what I'm wondering. Doing yeah, it at once. Could you, Wouldn't that just be a, could you a natural there, bubble? I don't, I don't know if they'd want that. Is that hard enough to block off those stadiums? Because they're really open, a lot of them. So if they really want to block them off, is it, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It depends what goes into all that. I think it's a good idea. I think the spots are odd. Like, I get you on a West Coast, but you think yeah. they'd want to do a hockey day and have, like, an East Coast, West Coast. Right. You, I mean, you could go, you're right, you could go Arizona, Florida. Spring training sites. I think you would do Texas, then someplace on the East Coast. Yeah, I, I think they. Like I said, I don't know why they picked them, but it, they said yeah. Southern Cali and it's thirty-two Texas. minutes from LA to Anaheim, but that's at nine p.m. Yeah, I was gonna say five p.m. It's probably about three hours on a bus in LA traffic. It's twenty-six miles, so yeah, so six and a half hours. <laughs> <laughs> it's quicker to just get out and walk. Just get out, walk. How how long is it to walk there? Take bird scooters, maybe. <laughs> Stop and recharge Just the whole team. It's <laughs> bird scooter. Have you guys seen the video of uh, the Astros where they played uh, the Padres? Padres swept them. Have you seen that video? Mm. Astro, Astros what? are leaving and like the Padres all the buses. Oh, oh, they're in the buses. So, Some that was guys a, out there like screaming. He's that like, was got a, a broom. He copied that from someone else. Yeah, I know somebody yeah. else did it, but <laughs> Philly fan, yeah. a Philly fan, clearly. That, clearly, that's where I thought was, it came the from. The buses were leaving, and he's on the sidewalk, like, yelling at the buses, and he had a broom. Get out of here! And he's, like, <laughs> swinging the broom. Getting them swept out. Yeah. You mean the series where the Padres hit four Grand Slams? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which... In, in five and six days. <laughs> so, by the way, I saw a... I don't know if you guys did see it. A-Rod was on the part of my take uh, show. Might have been yesterday. Yeah. Might have been yesterday. But anyway, they brought up the Tatis thing. And he said, first of all, Tatis didn't break any unwritten rule. He didn't. I mean, and then he brought up things that we were talking about. He's like, okay, so it's 3-0. Does he take? And now it's 3-1. And then, you know, what if 
you just sit up there, you don't swing, and then they come up and they score four runs. Like now you got to now you got to burn your bullpen. Right. He brought up a lot of that stuff, and he's like, at the end of the day, he's like, Tatis needs to keep doing whatever he's doing because ball baseball, baseball in general needs someone like Tatis. Yes, and they need more of it. They actually talked about it on Spit and Chicklets podcast, and like Whitney gave the example. Ryan Whitney gave the example. He's like, <laughs> if the Oilers are up seven nothing in a game and McDavid gets a breakaway. Right. What do you want him to do? <laughs> Dump it into the corner? <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. No, he's going to go try to score a goal and make it 8 nothing. The whole unwritten rule thing is just ridiculous. It's yes. not Little League. It's right. not yeah. junior varsity. That was the point and, they were making is there is no there's no technically like us in that case. There's no sportsmanship. Like you guys are adults playing for a lot of money. Right. Yeah. Which could, at the end of the day, are impacting a lot of money. Yep. Even take it to a smaller level. If you and I go out and play just golf for 25 bucks or whatever, are, if you're five up on me, are you going to just start hitting it into the bushes? No. Yes. You're gonna, yes, <laughs> actually. Maybe if it's you and me. Yeah, I, I actually did that. So. <laughs> we Sorry fight. to bring that one up. Yikes. We got a brawl. Tampa scored, and then there's a fight right after. Clearly the new goalie. Is not those good. refs are really getting in there. I don't, I don't feel I like I normally that. see them he's got headlocks a, like he's that. He's got a Camaro lock on that guy. <laughs> I didn't know they scored because Adam didn't announce it. Oh. Goal! <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Oh boy. Never good when your goalie's number is 80. It's never good when a third person <laughs> on your podcast can't. See, like right <laughs> here, 5-1, breakaway. What's he supposed to do? Dump it in the corner? Well, no. You just bury fight it. after. You bury it and make it. Well, that's true. They did beat the shit out of him afterwards. So. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's that's the hockey equivalent right there. It's 5-1 in. What are you supposed to do? Yeah. And it's there's pull I mean, up. There's, there's a shitload yeah. of time Let him cover the puck. <laughs> yeah. Here. Just stop in front and let us sit there for him. There we go. You play until the end. You just never know. The fight happened at the opposite side of the ring. That's Tyler. Johnson clearly does not want to be Ooh. fighting. Yeah. That's, is that Krug he's fighting? Yeah, Tory Krug and Tyler Johnson. Little scrap, little scrap. I like it. Tyler, All right, gentlemen. Love hockey. Anything else? We'll move on to three stars. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot about them. I don't know. I got nothing else. All right, let's move on to three stars. You pull up your phone over there like you got stars this week. Or you just have another dud. <laughs> I do have a dud. I always pick a dud for you. So, I was just, uh, we didn't really talk that much about NBA, right? Did we talk at all about NBA? Nah. No. Last night I was passively watching one of the basketball games. Clippers scored 154 points. My goodness. I mean, I was peaking up. It's like fourth quarter, 10 yeah. minutes left. It's 115 already. To me, that's not enjoyable. It's no. not. No. Are you going to play defense at any point, or is it just a three-point contest at this point? Yeah. I mean. There's no defense in the NBA. Well, I don't really like watching. Looks like a. Looks There's like a lot a, of other reasons, but that's one of the them. The NBA looks like a giant <clears throat> loop of AAU games. Yeah. Out there just playing in front of scouts. Yeah. All right, gentlemen, let's get into our three stars of the week. Um, who wants to go first? I went first last week. You should go first. I'll go first. Um, Scotty Scheffler, anytime Ooh. you shoot a 59 on tour is worth mentioning. I believe, based on my research, he's just the 12th guy to shoot under 60. On a PJ in a PJ Tour event, so um, it's quite the class. Right anytime there. you break sixty, that's worth mentioning. I, I guess not to dive into another topic, but is that less impressive on a par seventy one than a par seventy two? No, you got less par fives to work with, right? I mean, that's where a lot of people score. I mean, you're still it's the same amount of strokes, right? So it's right. not like it yeah. is that big of a difference. Right. But to you me, get what I'm any, saying there's less scoring opportunities. It's a tour event set up for. A, Tournament on tour. 
59 is 59. Yeah. No matter how you add it up. As long as there's a, f- a five in front. And I believe Jim Furyk, to add to your notes, is the only person to do it more than once. Yeah. He yeah. shot 58 yeah. once and he shot 59 once. Yep. Mm-hmm. So. Do you, before before it keeps going, do you foresee this happening more and more? I mean, they talk about re- rolling back the golf yep. ball and all these other things. I don't think someone shot 59 until like the early 80s or something. Yeah, so they it, almost randomly. And so, it was almost and twice it, in one day. And it should have been it twice seems, in one day. Yeah. So I don't remember the numbers, but my answer is yes. We're going to see it more often. And I don't remember the exact numbers, kind of like you're saying. They were talking about it Saturday or Sunday in the broadcast. And they said that, yeah, it had been done like three times up through like 1998 or something. Or and then it's been done eight times or whatever since then. Seems yeah. like it's once a season now, at, yeah. at least. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're going to see it more. Yeah. So guys it's, are it's that definitely good. trending that yeah. way. I don't think it's a technology thing. The guys are that good. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm not saying I don't like it. I'm not throwing a reason out. I just, yeah. More exciting. I just watch. think, yes, just yes, we will see it more often. By the way, did you see uh, what happened to Scheffler's caddy? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> did you see it? Got he had like a. Uh, got injured. Yeah, he was just like said. He tried to jump. He was jumping up to try to get a view of something and popped it either his calf or his Achilles or something. Yeah. So Scheffler had to carry his own bag to the turn, and then they had a assistant pro at the golf course carried it. Ten, the assistant pro came out and carried it. Well, you saw the was it the U.S. Women's Open or British Open that they just played with the pop-off girl that won? Yeah. She carried her bag, didn't she? Or push carted? There was a story. That's a good. That you'll have to look that up. But uh, yeah, you're right. I got a smartphone in my hand. Why yeah, not? <laughs> but there was somebody who I read was in contention. It might have been her. Which, yeah. yes. So, back to you, Russ. So, Scotty Scheffler, my third star of the week, <coughs> fifty nine. My third star is sitting here in the room, Mr. Kyle Crane. Right here, over here. Thunderous applause. F- Five time club champ, at two courses. Yeah, back to back. So now that you're. Up five, are you going to start backing off because it's an unwritten rule that you shouldn't win too many of them? Or I tried. I hit it in the trees on 10. Would you like to take us through the 10th hole? Or is sure. That too, is it too raw? <laughs> no, I, it's fine. Uh, it was my mistake. He won. He doesn't mind talking yeah, about it. Yeah, I don't get a shit. It was, it was Lindsay Weaver, by the way. They it pushed wasn't. her own cart. But still, I mean. So, by the way, the, the girl who won. I was I, caddy. She caddied. Yeah. She had no status. She caddied for a friend back in like yeah. July. So, anyway. Um. I made, I was, I shot 69 the first day. Nice. Uh, Giggity. Yeah. Par 72, by the way. <laughs> uh, I was 200 to turn on Sunday. So I was 500 total. For those of you who don't know how to add, you just point the Polish kid. Yeah, I'm yeah. Polish. Okay. And there was, there was something running through my head, which I will share with you off camera. These guys have probably already heard it. And I tried to, I didn't try to oh. take, cut more of the corner than I thought what's, what it normally would, but I was amped up. I was like, I'm making birdie here. And I tried to hit it hard. And when I did, my back foot slipped out and I hit a just screaming hook. Not a duck hook. Like this thing was just screaming. It didn't go out and like, it, it was like moving. But it caught those pine trees on the left. A worm burner. No. It was almost street top level. Like it. There was a chance it probably could have missed it. It just caught the top of the tree and come straight down. I would have been, the trees are not trimmed up, so I would have been better off under the tree. These are big pine trees, by the way, for those you've never mm-hmm. seen them. Yep. Um, big enough where, like, if you're under the pine trees, you can. I'm six two. I can stand up and walk around just fine. 
<clears throat> I would have been better off if I was under the tree, except for I was on the edge. Where the trees have not been trimmed off. The branches literally lay on the ground. I made a dumb choice of like, I can get a club on this and get it out. And I made that choice three times. <laughs> <laughs> so I made a I made a nine. And then it proceeded to compound from there. I made a nine. I bogeyed eleven. I doubled twelve where I missed a one footer because I wasn't paying attention. Good par five performances. Yeah. <laughs> then I stopped the bleeding with a par and thirteen. I bogeyed fourteen. So I'm eight over on the back nine. And here comes the heroics. What happened next? I eagled fifteen to par four, and then I birdied 16 but then i'm up three going to 17 i bogeyed 17 and the other person close to me made birdie so i was only one up going on 18 no my asshole did not pucker i've been in that situation plenty of times <laughs> so yes we know thank the you. ending thank you adam i appreciate it his name's on the wall at the end of the day so That's right i have nothing negative to say about that yeah it is what it is i mean yeah, it was a dumb choice. Looking back on I don't know why. I mean, you guys have all played in tournaments with me. I'm usually pretty – I never got really mad. I'm not one of these people that shows my anger out there, really. Uh, but I'm usually pretty savvy about my choices. I was a little shocked that looking back, I'm like, why didn't I just take the unplayable? Like, that was just stupid yeah. of me. Would you rather take the nine or have me caddying for you and play around <laughs> in the bunkers and build the same castle? <laughs> I'll take the nine. Good choice. weird part was is Danny gave me shit, who's – if anything, it's benefiting him. I make the turn. I'm five up on him. He finds my ball under the tree while we're looking. He's like, yeah, man, it looks like you got taken unplayable. <laughs> he said it a couple times, and I didn't. That's I why. Know. That's probably why he didn't. <laughs> unplayable my ass. I'm hitting the son of a bitch. I'll hold my beer. Watch this. <laughs> right? No, you, I just, if I you got, I got a club on you probably would have had a... You obviously had to go up over those trees, but you would probably would have had a shot. Oh, but yeah, it would have been fine. Just take your medicine. Um, yeah. yeah. You could have been lying four out. It was dumb. It yeah. was my own fault. It is what it is, but it's over now and one. So thank you, Adam. Appreciate that. My third star of the week is actually two people, kind of in conjunction with Mr. Konopsky over there. I want to give a shout-out to Cookie and Jay Hurley, who also won their club championships this weekend. Um, so congrats to those guys. Uh, there's talk. Apparently Hurley's got this idea where the three of us get together and have a club championship showdown. He said he's going to try to do it over at the country club. Hmm. Anybody know who won the, the other courses in the area? I, that's just... Get a little, like, eight-man. Do they yeah. have AARP cards, or... <laughs> yeah, I don't know who I mean, won. I, it doesn't matter how old they are. I don't know. You could ask. I know who won bats, and... Not being an <laughs> asshole, he's got no chance. And he doesn't want to show up to that match. I'm just saying. Because he... We'll talk about that off the air, too. So. It's my third star. It's Cookie and Hurley, man. Congrats, guys. That's, I don't even know, that's countless for Cookie, and I think that's three for Jay. So. What are you doing, Stat Boy? You got stars, or are you waiting until the end with a dud? I'll wait till the end with a dud. All right. I love his duds. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't think of one, so I'm, I'm real. Uh, so my second star, Dustin Johnson. Uh, so the one thing we didn't mention with his win last week is he got to 30 under. 30, yeah. 30 under par for the weekend. He won by 11 strokes. Both those numbers are crazy impressive. Yeah. So, and it's the one add. That's the second lowest under. I guess however you want to say it. Tied speed and one behind Ernie. One behind Ernie, but they both played par seventy three courses. Oh really? Yeah. So the Century Tournament is a par seventy three. So, however you look at that. Yeah. Ooh. See, 
in that manner, that's to me that's still equal because you're still just talking under par. You're not talking about a you got to play the golf course. Got to golf. You're not talking about an absolute number. You're talking about you're looking at it as I see where you're coming from. Like you're adding a shot. He's got he's got an extra. He had two. They had two extra par fives. So and seeing what DJ did, you know that could be another two or three Mm -hmm. under par. Either way, at the end of the day, my my feeling has always been. You know, in this case, fifty nine is fifty nine. Thirty under is thirty under. It's it's impressive. How how do you feel going into the they had that weather delay for like an hour or whatever it was? Harris English is sitting twenty one under and he's like nine back, eight oh. back. Like like how do you feel? You played well, so well all week and you just that's like, like well, that's probably the equivalent of Scotty Scheffler shooting right. fifty nine on Friday and not leading the tournament Saturday. Right. Yeah, <laughs> you're still not the leader on Saturday. Yeah. You could see it happening, like if you do, you make the cut on the number or something. But yeah, yeah. For the first two days to go out and yeah. shoot fifty nine, one of the days, fifty nine, yeah. you're still two shots back on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, that's impressive. My second star is Albert Pujols past a Rod for second or third, however you want to look at it, all time RBI list. He's now got 2,087. A lot of people don't count Babe Ruth's RBIs because they don't know when they exactly kept track of it. Um, but <laughs> Hank Aaron has 2,297, and they say Babe Ruth has 2,213. So so second or third. <laughs> Let's, uh, top That's three. interesting. I did not know that. Yeah, so he's top three. Yeah, because I, I was trying to figure out, because some things I saw said he's, top, he's third now. Some said he's second. I'm like, how do you not know if he's second or third? But some lists don't count Babe Ruth. Some do. Interesting. I did not know that. Hmm. All right. My second star of the week is Trevor Bauer, who responded to a tweet this week in a challenge. Uh, Sonny Gray, they said, had 45 strikeouts in his first five starts. Trevor Bauer responded to this and said, hold my beer, which Budweiser responded to and said, if you tie or break this record, we will make beer cans. <laughs> said like Cincinnati Buds. And if you guys have probably, I don't know if you have, you've seen the video of him after strikeouts. He was writing letters in the back of the mound. He spelled out Buds. <laughs> and then he did the mock like opening a beer and cracking it. Yeah. So yeah, a couple. I'm kind of getting on the bandwagon Russ mentioned last week of he's kind of getting annoying. Yes. Trevor Bauer? Yeah. Yes. He's, he's baseball's clown right now. You know what he's doing? Trevor Bauer is – I think he's going to get traded. He's he's done the trading block, they said. I think Trevor Bauer thought about this. He's going to get traded to Houston after he made all the comments. <laughs> yeah, that'd be, that'd be that hilarious. That would be amazing. Uh, I think Trevor Bauer is setting himself up post-baseball. He's making a quote-unquote – you can call it a brand. He does a lot of podcasts now. He does some YouTube stuff. So okay. yeah. I think that's – I go back to last – I can't remember – I think it was last season, maybe the year before when he was still in Cleveland – Francona went to take him out of a game. Oh, yeah. Instead of handing Francona the ball, he turned around and threw it over the center field fence. Yeah, good chuck. That's yeah, but that's a, that's the ultimate asshole move yep. to your to your manager. You yep. don't you don't do that. And ever since then, he just yeah. I don't know. That's I, what I think. I get. I, I can understand your point there, but to me, he's he's like Bryson DeChambeau. Like you look like an <laughs> asshole. You look like an asshole. Just shut your mouth. <laughs> so. I think he's setting himself up post baseball to, you yeah. know, yeah. people know who he is. His name's out there, so just just my guess. All yeah. right, second so star, Trevor Bauer. Step was laughing at me for some reason. Just taking it all in. Okay. Uh, keep That's what the, she said. Keep. 
<laughs> All right. First star of the week. Uh, happened last night. Lucas Giolito, Chicago White Sox pitcher, threw a no-hitter against my Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, only had one walk and 13 strikeouts. So no-hitters, much like 59s, are becoming more and more common over the last decade or two, but they'll always be uh, impressive in my eyes. I think it's more impressive now because we now know that the ball is juiced, correct? Well, wasn't that the... It's uh, changing change again. I saw an article. The other yeah, day. I mean, the ball <laughs> was juiced to, you know, to the home runs and to draw attention, so mm. everything's been in the favor of the batter. And there was a stadium, I believe, the batters, was it, was it the Mets? They complained, so they moved the stadium walls in after they built the stadium. Yes, the Mets did. Yeah. Um, uh, and Detroit. Detroit did that Detroit also. Detroit did, did it also. Um, to to add on to Russ's, I, saw, I don't know if you guys saw the final out. It was a bullet line drive to right field. So that ball was hit at 102.6 miles per hour, and with that average speed off the bat, that's usually an 850 batting average with a ball hit that hard. Who the hell looks that up? I don't know, but I was like, that's that's a crazy stat. Popped up. <laughs> Some of these stats are going too far, in my opinion. That's, stretching. That's so subjective. Like It's stretching. How do they know? You could hit it 102 at the, a line drive directly at the center fielder. Huh? Right. <laughs> how far back did you go? I mean, how, you got to go through how many at-bats? Yeah. I mean, it's... Stat Boy probably couldn't find that. Well, where I was going to go with that is how long have they had the track man? Because they're using a track man just like golf. It right. It sits right at behind home plate. Yeah. yeah. They've only had that for how many years? Four or five, no, maybe? No, I bet you it's longer than that. Track man's not that st- old. I, well, I bet you stat cast probably been about 10 years. Right, which is a short amount of time. Well, right, but yeah. It's, and you're going to so, give out these conclusive stats about what someone would so they, bat if they hit it so off the barrel yeah. at 100 they miles claim to know it. You'll have an 850 batting average with 102.7 <laughs> yeah. exit velocity. Basically. But yet they don't know Babe Ruth's RBI total. <laughs> That's just one. Basically, well, stat, basically, our stat boy just called out everybody stat boy. <laughs> Come at me. Little <laughs> stat boy championship. Championship, whatever. So... Russ and I were talking about this, I think it was last night when we were playing golf before you hopped on. I was watching, I think, the Padres game, and Hosmer hit a bullet line drive up the middle, and the shortstop was standing right there. Like, these these teams are shifting, and guys are hitting line drives right at them. It's like... Yeah. Do you guys agree with the shift, real no, quick? I don't, but... The old school purist in me hates shifting. Thank you. I, I, me too. Moving over a few feet, sure, but when you get the third baseman playing shallow right field, uh, I think it's stupid. Yeah, I think it's really stupid. Yeah, I mean, and LeBron probably loves it. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't agree with it, but at the same time, like, if you if you're a good hitter, like, learn to hit the ball the other way. Yeah, but, yeah, but in in that case, like Hosmer, like he literally hits a bullet line drive up the middle, and the shortstop's just standing right there behind the. Second. You know what I would he do? He was like five steps behind second base bag. I would I would learn to bunt the other direction. Right, and we've seen that a couple times, but a lot of guys don't do it. I do it all the time until they stop shifting. Yeah, I think bunting accurately has gotten so much harder over the last decade with guys averaging yeah ninety eight miles an hour, and and yeah. a lot of fastballs now have six to eight inches of movement on them. Yeah, so it was far easier when you had pitchers throwing eighty nine back in you know early two thousand. Craig Maddox bunting. 
One team's got to be ridiculous. Stellar. Stellar. John Smoltz. Yeah. Great pitching staff. One of the best. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my well, God. Well, when you get 10 inches off the plate. The umpires play, loved them, too. That's all that matters. <laughs> you guys want us to finish the podcast while you guys are talking? <laughs> yeah. Hey. It's a bullshit session. <laughs> Fans love it. Gets the people going. All right. All right. My first start is, we've mentioned her, Sophia Popov. Um, so... She's been battling. I went a little deep research here. She's been battling Lyme's disease for three years. Almost quit golf last year. Um, she lost twenty five pounds because of it. She is Germany's first women's major winner. She lost her PJ Tour card in twenty nineteen, and because of COVID, she didn't have a chance to qualify in twenty twenty. So that would have been twenty twenty one. So she's been playing the. Sumatra or Symmetra tour. Symmetra tour yeah. Florida. Um, so she and she played in one uh, one LPJ tour event and finished top ten. That's how she got into the open. Um, she was three hundred fourth in the world. Won yeah, it. I did see that. Um, and she does have a NCAA title. She won in two thousand thirteen with USC. And she, as you mentioned earlier, she was caddying. I saw a picture a month of, ago. Yeah, I saw a picture of her like back in July, like standing behind somebody with her phone. Taking video because I'm in a practice yeah. round. And her, I believe I read her boyfriend who caddied for her is a senior at Kentucky. So he didn't get to finish his golf season this year. He's, he's wants to get on the PGA tour, but obviously couldn't finish because of the season golf season, not right going on. So basically what she's, what's happened to her is I've had conversations with some of our friends who are playing mini tours or making a run at <laughs> trying to play professionally. Um, Basically, everybody's set back like two years right now because there is no Q schools. They're not doing any qualifiers. So the standard pattern is not there of, you know, trying to qualify. So you're right now, like your best option is just go to Monday qualifiers and hope you make it, mm-hmm. which is damn near impossible. The Chase Kepka path. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. So, yeah, that's a lot of people have just, they're not doing anything. Like they're playing small mini tour events and. There's not a lot going on. So, so. you're saying there's a chance. Yeah. Go play mini tours. <clears throat> My first star of the week is Frankie Edgar. Uh, Frankie Edgar finally, in my opinion, should have happened a long time ago. Moved down to Bantamweight, fought at 135, and he beat Pedro Munoz. Frankie looked phenomenal. Did you watch that fight? No, I did not. I forgot about that. Frankie looked great, man. He really did. That's where he belongs. Not that Frankie was never... Not a good fighter in those other weight classes. I think his size kind of hindered him. It's tough for him to close range as small as he is and some of these bigger guys in their weight class. So I saw I think the last time I saw that was uh when he fought Max Holloway. He just he was so much smaller than Max. Like it's tough for him to get in and like land anything with and close the range. But uh Frank Edgar looked good at one thirty five. I think uh with that win, wouldn't be shocked if at some point his next fight's a title fight. Just because it's Frankie Edgar. And he just, I mean, he, he fought Holloway again right for the belt not too long ago. So, first star is Frankie Edgar. Sweet. Who's the dud? Stab, My, stab boy dud can, of the week. You're probably not going to like it. Is it me know. for making it's, nine on ten? Should it be? I mean, I can make a <laughs> last-minute audible here, but uh, I picked the 76ers as the dud of the week. That's a great dud, actually. That's a really good dud. Yeah. I didn't even I'm, think of that. I know that there's... Debate. Why wouldn't I like that? I didn't know if you're a Celtics fan in any way. I know that it's 
over the years, they've just dominated the 76ers. You are, you so are not, wearing a shamrock on your shirt you right are, now. Yeah, so. lucky. It's a, it's a St. Patty's <laughs> sure. Maybe it's predictable, just the history they've had playing each yeah. other. But it seemed like a lack of effort at best. Is it I, conspiracy theory? Here we go. They just want out of the bubble. They know they're going to get a good draft pick. They want to be able to sneak chicks into their hotel. Are you again. talking about the Sixers? Yes. Is so that just a we don't want to be here? Did, the Sixers get a lot of really good draft picks. Yeah. But uh, the process, I think, is over. <laughs> First of all, in my opinion, Joel Embiid is extreme. Russ like that one. <laughs> that's true, though. I mean, that's what they've been saying for, what, two years? Trust the process. Trust the process. Oh, six years. Wait, are they the I Buffalo just, I, Bills? Whoa, 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 whoa. But the Sixers' plan has, I mean, they've gotten, what did they get the one year? Didn't, they got Fultz. They got Markel Fultz and whatever the hell's name yeah, was, right? And they, they traded him. Now he's playing well in Orlando. Yeah. But he was like a bust. And they've had all these great, they got Ben Simmons. And and, got, yeah, and don't tell me if Simmons is playing that they they might win one game, but Simmons is but at the end of the day, a bust. I, the, big, the biggest bust on that team is Embiid. That guy is garbage. He's calling you out, Joel. That guy yeah, is. You hear that name all the time. That guy is a shit basketball player. That's all they've got right it's, now. He's only half as good as he is now because of how tall he is. He makes poor basketball decisions. He has horrible fundamentals, and he's always hurt. Always. He's a baby. So, yeah, I'm calling you on your shit basketball player. And it's time for that city to. Believe me, I've spent my time in Philly. <laughs> Allie lived there, and I've been to Sixers games. Phillies fans are, they're crazy. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but they are pa- in a row we've yeah. got a Philly fan. <laughs> they're passionate about their sport teams, and that city cares, like a lot of other cities do. But Philly, yeah, Philly fans are crazy. That's why they're the, the fanatics or whatever. They got to make changes. They already fired the coach. They fired him yesterday. I think it was yesterday. Yeah, something yeah. like that. So yeah, it was time. Well, Process I'm, is over. I'm glad you at least like the dud. No, it is a, it's a great dud. I didn't even think about I it. I can't but. believe Adam didn't see that coming when he said, I have no idea. I, mean, I wouldn't have. I don't, well, I don't pay attention to the NBA. What little don't. basketball I've watched and what little Sixers games I've watched on TV. And some of those games I've watched, they've lost by a couple points here or there. And when it came to crunch time in those last six to seven minutes in the fourth quarter, the reason they lost was Embiid. Okay? You do not step out. And play the perimeter to shoot a three because you just want to shoot a three. Like he's not Dirk Nowitzki. It's stupid. He's the reason they lose. I mean, I watched him lose a game one time. I don't even remember who they were playing. He came down the court and he shot like four threes in a row. I'm like, that's not winning you basketball games. You're a big guy. Get your ass in there and rebound yep. and battle with him. This is my personal opinion. The big guy's a lost art in the NBA. I I don't disagree at all. And it's gone <laughs> to the three point game. I think if teams would re- reverse that and get a big guy, they actually probably win. Because mm-hmm. not everybody can come out and just start chucking up threes. They're not going to make them every night. You can out out rebound teams and out muscle teams. You'll win basketball games. You might even win championships. That's why Philly. I think I think Stephen Adams in Oklahoma is one of the more underrated big guys. Absolutely. in the NBA because he does play that old school. I don't care about scoring. Don't care about my own stats. I'm just going to rebound the ball and. He's got that rugby. I, I assume he played rugby. He's from Australia, so he's got that I don't know. mentality. Yeah. Great I, dud. He's one of those guys I feel like if he was on a championship caliber team, he'd be a huge asset. Yeah. Steven Adams. Hey, I thought you were going to give me like DJ's last seven holes on Friday or something. 
Seven pars in a row is not bad. You're not hurting yeah, yourself. But you're you not get, making a nine. When you need a birdie, shooting 59. <laughs> I've let the nine go. He has it. <laughs> I'm saying that. Callbacks. Okay. Uh, as the ladies always say to me, is that it? <laughs> <laughs> I cannot wait for your mom make to hear your, that. Make your mama proud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for me, you guys. Anything yeah. else? Oh, well, our bu- we were playing golf last night, and my buddy was, he was texting me yesterday afternoon. He was listening to the podcast, and we were like playing golf oh, last yeah. night. And he goes, he goes, I kind of want to meet your buddy that went to Pound Town. Oh, God. <laughs> hey, you brought it up. <laughs> Callbacks. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, on that note, I think that's a see you yeah. next week. <laughs> I will see you guys next week. All right.